Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena Delval, and my guest is Cesar Melgoza, who is president and founder of Geoscape International, Inc. Today we will discuss the third annual Multicultural Market Intelligence Summit. Cesar has been an innovator in the development of market intelligence data, systems, and analytics services. In 1995, he formed Geoscape International to focus on the application of marketing intelligence services, data, and technology to multicultural and multinational markets. He has led growth at Geoscape by developing product and services that provide geodemographic marketing and media data, highly predictive database modeling, and information enhancement systems. Most recently, he launched the Geoscape Intelligence System, GIS, and the Direct Target System for Database Enrichment. Cesar's career is a blend of information technology and market research. While completing his undergraduate degree at the University of California, Santa Barbara, he helped build computer hardware for Information Magnetics Corp. While earning his master's degree at the University of Texas at Austin, Cesar was a research associate at one of the first Hispanic market research companies and also at the university's Center for Mexican-American Studies. His master's professional report, published in 1986 and entitled Hispanics in the New Economy, utilized advanced statistical research techniques and was awarded special recognition by the university. In the late 1980s, he developed and led desktop mapping and workgroup computing initiatives at Apple Computer in Cupertino, California. He went on to lead marketing and international business development at Venture-Funded Strategic Mapping, Inc., where he was instrumental in achieving annual revenue growth from $2 million to $35 million in four years. Born in Michoacán, Mexico, Cesar grew up in California and has been a resident of various rural and urban population centers in the United States. Cesar, welcome. Thank you very much, Elena. It's good to be here. Let's talk about the the summit. What exactly is the third annual Multicultural Marketing Intelligence Summit? The summit is an event that we produced uh, beginning three years ago, and it takes place here in Miami, and uh, it's something that we felt was necessary in order to bring together professionals across various industries who are interested in capturing the growth and the diversity of our nation. And it's not the Hispanic 101 that you may find in other conferences. It's a a bit more advanced, and it goes into further depth than many other conferences do. Many of our clients present case studies at these conferences. Some of our business partners also present what they do. And we have symposiums that are led by people that are really experts in their field. And we try very hard to orchestrate the entire event so that it's both enjoyable and so that it's full of information that people can use uh, in their everyday business lives going back to their corporate offices and ensuring that they can really put into effect the kinds of marketing programs that will pay off for their corporations, and that's really the objective. However, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of fun either, so we try to mix in some entertainment. Uh, This year we have three up-and-coming artists 
Latin artists and R&B, and we also have a uh, golf tournament at the end of the conference. So it's for the people that really identify with the with the saying, uh, "Work hard and play hard." So it's a it's basically both elements combined in a very nice setting, which is the Mandarin Oriental Hotel here in Miami on Brickell Key. And uh, we're expecting a fantastic show. So uh, we hope to see you there. We organize it, you said. When you say we, you mean Geoscape. Geoscape produces this conference. Geoscape um, is a creator of market intelligence services, data, and analytics, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, we also are very interested in uh, pushing the envelope and creating a dialogue that needs to happen that is beyond sort of beyond the basics and gets into both the strategy and the tactics and looks at real stories and how people have implemented uh, their marketing programs using all types of information and not just good stories but the whole thing you know what did you execute what worked, what didn't, what are the issues, and to really create a discussion. And I think that's what people really appreciate about the conference in that it is about dialogue, it is about uh, pursuing the cutting edge, and it's, it's also about having a good time while we're doing that. Now, the, the conference is called a Multicultural Market Intelligence Summit. What is behind that name? That, that sounds like a very sophisticated name? Well, the reason we call it multicultural is because we live in a multicultural environment today. And it's very important to understand that we are uh, a mix of cultures. We are distinct in that each of us has our own background from an ethnic perspective, from a country of origin and race and nationality and so forth. And it's also important to recognize that we influence one another each day as well. So none of us is exclusively of one ethnicity. Uh, we are cultural to different degrees and different combinations. And so multicultural is really the source of the growth in both the consumer and business markets today. And it's a, it's a venue where various points of view can be expressed. Now, multicultural is the subject, and it just so happens that Hispanic gets, let's just say, a large part of the attention, and that's mostly because it's the largest uh, minority group, if you will, even though I rarely use the term minority. Uh, it's, uh, that's what some people call it, but we are the largest uh, single ethnic group. It's also the responsible for more than half of the growth in the country, and it's responsible for many corporations turning this whole category into a priority for their corporations because they're looking for growth. And so it's Hispanic, it's Asian, it's African American, uh, all, and it's all combined. Some, some speakers will address the combination of cultures through their marketing efforts as well. Just like, for example, the urban segment. The urban segment is led by African-American, but it's not exclusively African-American. It's also Hispanic, and it's also Asian, and it has a lot to do with uh, life stage and psychographics and the degree to which uh, someone is urban or rural. 
And so it's a blend of those factors. So you have them separately and you have them together. And most importantly, in the combination that really matters to uh, marketers and companies trying to effectively reach their audiences. Is the conference itself divided into segments? And if so, how many are there? The conference this year, everybody's part of the same group. There, there are no breakout sessions. We, uh, we had breakout sessions the first year, and we found that people really wanted to participate in every part of it. So uh, it's one uh, general session uh, each of the days. The first day we have two workshops, which are really uh, intended for users of our online intelligence system. We have a, a browser-based uh, online system that permits our users to go in and query all kinds of different information through their web browser and do all kinds of terrific things and it's getting more and more robust. So we have two workshops that are optional uh, on the first day and then we have a reception that evening uh, that uh, will feature a um, artist named Javier Garcia who's an up-and-coming Latin fusion artist. Um, who are very pleased to uh, that would join us this year. Uh, this, the second day, which is the Thursday or the uh, 26th, will feature a number of keynote addresses. Uh, for example, we will have, in addition to myself, who will open it up with a presentation of our 2007 series data, uh, we'll have the president of the Advertising, the uh, Association of Hispanic Ad Agencies, and that's Carl Kravitz this year. He's their president this year. And then we'll have also Julia Wang, who's uh, president of the Asian Advertising Association, and she will speak about the Asian market. Uh, then we have Joe Muse, who's a veteran of marketing to African-American and urban segments, who will provide a keynote address as well. And so that'll wrap up the morning and then in the afternoon, we'll have a session on strategic planning and market potential assessment, uh, followed by three case studies. And this year, we'll feature Nestle, who, as you know, is a multinational company that has all kinds of products and service products all, uh, that sell throughout Latin America, throughout Europe, throughout the world, really. And the interesting, the interesting part of that particular dialogue will be taking products that are very common, very popular in Latin America and marketing them to Hispanics in the U.S. So that should create lots of interesting dialogue. We'll also feature Allstate Insurance that uh, will present on the subject of both uh, marketing to Hispanics and African Americans, uh, their automobile and life insurance and home insurance products. Uh, then uh, we'll also have a company called AmericaTel or what uh, most people would remember them as, uh, Americatel, and uh, you may recall them. They're a, uh, what's known as a uh, long-distance dial-around company that has grown quite rapidly and very successful. And uh, we also have a, a variety of other sessions um, the final day that uh, are symposia on various subjects. We have one on database marketing and CRM. We have another one on retail targeting that will feature Albertsons uh, very prominently. Uh, Albertsons, a supermarket retailer, will have an extended uh, media symposium that will feature the likes of Comcast, MTV, uh, the Ethnic Print Media Group, uh, the Media Audit, 
uh, and Ur American Urban Radio. And uh, so it'll be quite a session. And we also have people like B. Mallory, Beatrice Mallory, who's an expert in the uh, direct marketing arena, Gustavo Gruber, who also could be described as an expert in the direct marketing arena, and uh, various others who will make the event quite interesting and quite rich in terms of information. About how many speakers would you say that you will have? Um, I haven't counted them up, but I think there were pro there are probably a couple of dozen uh, total, including uh, the symposiums and the keynotes and so forth. So between the two days, I would uh, I would guess that there are probably um, a couple of dozen speakers in all, and each one of them is really an expert in their own environment. And we have a lot of people with lots of great stories to tell, uh, very very uh, deep backgrounds, rich background. Each of these people have. I would say an average of 15 years of experience in this segment, some of them 20s or more. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's like getting a lot of consulting in a short period of time for uh, what we consider a, a small fee for all of that. And we're very happy to produce it. Um, and we have a, a unique perspective on conferences because we're not in the conference business. Uh, we are in the market intelligence business. Uh, we're producing this event and underwriting the event. Um, however, it's something that we believe is necessary, and therefore we focus on the quality of the content first. And that's what I believe has resulted in the rave reviews we've received in previous years. Each presenter will have uh, a period of time where they present their own material. And in, in all cases, they will be available for question and answer. And on the uh, Friday, the 27th, there will be panels. So those symposiums are each short presentations followed by uh, question and answer and discussion in group form. So everybody presents their own content as well as uh, is available to field questions from the audience. And who would you say, Cesar, is the target audience? For our listeners who are scattered across the country, actually we even have listeners outside the U.S., who is the ideal person who should consider attending the conference? The focal point for this conference is really those uh, individuals in corporations that are charged with marketing in some fashion, Many of them already have the responsibility to grow the Hispanic or Asian or African-American or all three uh, businesses within their company. Some of them are marketing uh, professionals, marketing executives that are responsible for overall marketing, not just ethnic, uh, if you will. And um, it's also those who are about to get into this endeavor. In other words, some of those who may just have been given this responsibility and need to find out who's doing what, what works, what doesn't, get the latest data that is uh, published in a, in a binder. We publish a report that we call the American Marketscape Data Stream, and we'll be releasing the 2007 series at the conference, which will be about an 85-page report with lots of brand-new facts and figures and statistics about the market, about its size, about the characteristics, about spending, 
about acculturation and many other subjects such as that, which will be part of that dialogue. So it's, it's a really, uh, let's just call it a crash course in anything to do with multicultural market intelligence and crossing the bridge to intelligent marketing. And that's a very important theme for us. It's not just getting the research in place, but also using that information in marketing programs very effectively, very literally, so that it's connected with the execution. And so that's why the theme for this conference is transform market intelligence into intelligent marketing. Now, you mentioned that this wasn't a basics presentation, that this was a more advanced discussion, but you also said that this could be a fit for people who are just getting started, so there's enough information that somebody could maybe hit the ground running? Absolutely, yes. It's, there's enough information. Those who are just getting started will find the presentations extremely valuable and will also find the dialogue among other attendees very valuable as well because chances are they're going to be sitting at a lunch table with people who have quite a bit of experience actually implementing these marketing programs. So they'll learn both from the sessions as well as from the dialogue and networking that happens in between. What percentage of the presentations would you say will be centered around Hispanic markets? Most of the presentations will have some Hispanic content. Some of them will have exclusively Hispanic content. So, for example, um, the presentation by Carl Kravitz will be exclusively Hispanic. The presentation by Americatel will be exclusively Hispanic, I believe, because that's their primary target. And um, all the others will have a large amount of Hispanic content. And some of them, I would say about a third of them will be exclusively targeted towards Hispanic. So going back to the who might want to attend the event, this is for probably, if I'm understanding correctly, corporate marketing executives who have an interest in multicultural or exclusively Hispanic markets because a third of the content is going to be Hispanic. What about small businesses or nonprofits or government entities? Is this a fit for them? Absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot to be gained. Um, when I mentioned the, the primary target, that, that is the focal point. However, we do have many media companies represented. We have advertising agencies attending there are consultants, there are nonprofit organizations. Uh, so there are really a wide variety of attendees who will find it quite constructive, the, uh, even though the focal point is those who are implementing programs. So those who are assisting these folks on implementing programs, for example, an ad agency, will also find the content quite valuable. It's very similar in scope to someone uh, in a corporation who needs to um, who needs the same information. What size group, Cesar, do you anticipate based on the registrations you have so far and, and past year attendances? Well, our facility this year will accommodate up to 200 people. Um, we designed it that way. The seating is designed so that it's classroom-style seating. Uh, so we're purposely limiting it to about 200 and we're pretty close to selling out. We're about a month away from the event. Uh, 
and we have a few seats available. I don't know the exact number, but we uh, we expect to have about 200 people at the event, and that's all we can really host because of the style of event that we want to uh, that we want to produce. What topics would you say resonate the most with Latino marketers, people who have attended your conferences or even some of your clients? What types of topics do you find are of greatest interest to them in these types of events? Well, I think every single session is, is very important and very informative. However, I do believe that the case studies are probably the most interesting because it ties a, a lot of things together into a story. In other words, you will hear a lot about data, about segmentation, about strategy, about media, but the case studies really tie all that together. And behind a story and behind a brand that is usually very well recognized, for example, when we talk about Nestle, or when we talk about United Healthcare. These are stories, these are companies, these are brands that are recognized, and telling that story is really captivating and a very good learning experience because it brings all these elements together into a case study, and it's a learning experience. These presenters are not there to tell you that, that they did everything perfectly. Certainly, I'm sure that they're very proud of what they've done, and they've accomplished quite a bit for their corporations and incorporated their own expertise. However, they are there to reflect on the learnings as well. What did they do that they might have done differently had they known X, Y, Z? So the case studies are really one of the major highlights. And uh, I personally am very grateful to our presenters, all of the presenters to begin with, but certainly those who are coming from the, the client, the end company, and have gone over there with uh, only to share information. Certainly they're there to learn as well, but they're mainly there to tell their story and to uh, have other people learn about their experiences. And so I would have to say the case studies. And say that it's perhaps partly because of this relationship that you have with these speakers who are your clients and your business partners that they are sharing some insights perhaps that they might not share elsewhere because I know that a lot of people are very proprietary and oftentimes they don't want to share too many of the of the details of how they've gotten their successes. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's a very important subject and um, one of the things that we always try to balance is the need for information and the need for respect for confidentiality. And so that's why it, it sometimes becomes a sensitive subject to go into details that a corporation may not want to reveal. And that is really up to them. They decide what is okay to share and what is not. So, But this venue is certainly many of the, the presenters and certainly uh, several of the attendees, perhaps you know, a large percentage of the attendees are either Geoscape customers or business partners of some, some sort, but the majority of attendees are not, and some of the speakers also are not. Uh, and, it, and in some cases, we, we know one another, but just haven't had the opportunity to work together. 
And uh, but it is a it is an environment where people see themselves as colleagues and people see themselves as both teaching and learning. So it does create a venue for information sharing, which is uh, quite pleasing. And in this season, you know, this is the fall season. Everybody is working like crazy. Everybody is you know, in, in the prime of their work season. Not that they're not busy the rest of the year, but I think the fall season is really probably the, uh, the most uh, vivid in terms of the kind of work that happens in corporate America. So it, it come to the conference, get a dose of this, go back, implement it, you know, increase your contact pool, and take full advantage of all the learnings and all the connections that were made at the event. So it's about learning and putting things into action, and I think that's what people really like about it. How do you go about selecting the speakers and the topics? Obviously, you, you have access to some of your clients and your business partners as your first point of contact, but what is your process in terms of making that selection? And for those among our listeners, listeners who may have ideas to propose, who may want to volunteer as speakers, can you share some insights on that process? Absolutely. Now, first of all, we're always taking suggestions. So anytime someone has a suggestion or they themselves would uh, like to be considered for uh, a presentation, they should uh, send us an email, and the email is right on our website. And for those of you, your listeners who... Uh, haven't uh, seen the website, it's at www.geoscape.com, and right on the homepage, they'll see a graphic that says Multicultural Market Intelligence Summit, and there'll be an email link, and any suggestions can be made by sending a message to that uh, address on the website. And essentially what we're doing is we, we want to make sure that the key subjects are covered, both in terms of content, in terms of media, and then we... For the case studies, we kind of have a rotating industry coverage. So this year we have health insurance, we have consumer packaged goods, we have telecom, and we also have retail. And so those are key industries. Last year we had a different set of industries, uh, and so we have sort of a rotating industry coverage in terms of case studies, and then we make sure that we have a variety of media Last year in our media symposium, we had uh, Nielsen Media Research, we had Arbitron, we had a number of others. Uh, we had Ocean Drive Magazine, we had uh, AZN, the Asian Television Network. And so this year we have Comcast, we have American Urban Radio, we have Ethnic Print Media Group, uh, we have the Media Audit. So it's uh, basically we, want to, we don't want to do the same thing every year. We want to have sort of rotating subjects that are different and interesting from different perspectives, and we want to make sure that everybody is on subject and nobody's uh, overlapping unnecessarily with other presenters. We want to make sure that people are on time. Now, it's things as simple as being on time. For example, many of your listeners have probably gone to conferences, and sometimes things get behind schedule, and you know, then the next presenter is in a rush, uh, to uh, to finish theirs. So we try very hard to the point of being a little bit of a pain. We try to stay on schedule, to stay on subject, and make sure that uh, everybody's getting the maximum out of the event. 
Are there sponsorship opportunities for companies who are looking to position themselves in the market, who want maybe some exhibit space or an opportunity to speak? Yes, there are sponsorship opportunities, absolutely, and I believe there is also a link on the website where you can inquire about sponsor opportunities. And uh, there are a few of them left, so I would encourage anyone who's interested in getting exposure to this premium audience, in fact, uh, they should uh, send an inquiry because uh, there are many opportunities. Some of our sponsors, for example, are MTV Networks, who is sponsoring an artist called Goa Pele, who's a up-and-coming R&B soul singer who is, uh, you can see on TV, she's got CDs. Uh, they're sponsoring her, and uh, she's going to provide entertainment for uh, sort of the post-dinner reception. Uh, and so we also have uh, a number of other sponsors who've been very generous. We have a company, a production company called Adobo Productions that are here from Miami. They do a lot of work in the Hispanic space. They produce music for television commercials and and lots of other things. Uh, they're uh, a sponsor of ours, and uh, we have various others. So, we, uh, but we do have a few more left, and we have media sponsors uh, of, of different types who've been so kind as to help us get the word out. Perhaps you would give us an idea of the range of the sponsorship entry points that might be available. Absolutely, the the entry point for the sponsorship is. Um, $5,000, and that is for a coffee break sponsor, and uh, it also includes uh, a pass to the conference, and it includes the mention uh, before the break, it includes signage, it includes inclusion in the brochure, inclusion in the website, and that type of thing, and then it increases from there. There are there are uh, that's a bronze. We have a gold where we have more exposure. We have also uh, different subscription packages for our online system that are available as a part of those packages, um, and we have uh, additional passes to the event that are included within those. So there's there's plenty of room. The, the maximum it goes ranges essentially from five thousand to twenty five thousand, and uh, there's a different amount of exposure. This year we have a sponsor in Nike. Nike is providing essentially the um, the prizes for the golf tournament. So they've been uh, very kind in providing us with uh, balls and prizes uh, for golf equipment and so forth. As uh, and that's been their their sponsorship this year. So we have Papel Media, which is a uh, newspaper uh, media company. They uh, do advertising, media planning for newspaper and. And the Hispanic space, they're one of our sponsors who is uh, going to uh, provide coffee break sponsorship. That sounds like you've got a, a, a very diverse conference and a, a number of speakers. How many staff members does it take you to organize that? Well, you know, we, we have a very talented small staff of uh, people who run the summit and um, mostly they're Geoscape staff, and we have some contract staff that we also hire. Uh, for example, I mentioned Adobo Productions. Smilka um, Valenzuela is the conference director, and she's done a terrific job of not only managing all the particulars about the event, 
but also automating a lot of the things that can be automated. So the website, we actually we practice what we preach in that you go to the website and many things are automated. So you can register online, you can get the detailed agenda, you can get feedback, you can give feedback. You can actually, once the conference is over, you can log into the website and provide your feedback in digital form. So you'd, with a few clicks of the mouse and typing of a few messages, you can tell us exactly how you felt about the event, and uh, we get that, we compile it, we certainly incorporate it into uh, the next year's plan. And so there are, I would say, a, six, a half a dozen core staff with another, let's say, 8 to 12 who help at different periods of time as the conference gets closer. And there's certainly audiovisual people at the event, the people from the uh, Mandarin Oriental are uh, excellent in their service. Uh, they will, of course, handle all the, the food and drink and amenities and all that kind of thing. So if you really, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, there's a lot of people who are helping. We have uh, a gentleman who handles all of our graphic arts who's based in San Diego, uh, who's done a great job helping us in that capacity. So, But it is quite a production. It's a lot of work. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it were worthwhile. Uh, we, we do think it's worthwhile. Uh, the attendees have raved about it and are really pleased about returning. And so that's why we're continuing, because it's proven to be a very fruitful opportunity for this kind of exchange. It certainly sounds like a lot of work for somebody who doesn't do conferences for a living, right? Exactly. You're right about that. And the good thing is that we do one a year. More than one a year would be way too much. So, But we learn from previous experiences, and we understand more and more about what it takes to do it properly. And uh, we certainly leverage the learnings and the automation and so forth that we've uh, created in previous years to help us do it more efficiently in subsequent years. So I said you've mentioned the past conferences a couple of times and how you want to make each year a little bit different from the one before it. Can you tell us a little bit, sort of in a nutshell, how this conference is different from the first two, perhaps for some of our listeners who may have attended or may have looked at past programs? Absolutely, yes. In 2004, we had... Uh, in 2004, we also had it at the Mandarin Oriental, um, which is a very nice venue. It's modern. It's luxurious. For those of you who haven't stayed at a Mandarin, I encourage you to do so. And uh, we had various speakers in different industries. And so, for example, one of our speakers, uh, one of our key speakers was AOL Latino. that told a very uh, compelling story, very interesting story about how they grew that business uh, we had uh, research presented from uh, Raul Lopez, who had done a study on the Asian market. We also had a um, presentation from Carlos Santiago from Santiago Solutions. We had a presentation from Kervin Clements that did a, uh, a very interesting and intriguing talk about the African-American market. Uh, we also had various case studies. In addition to AOL Latino, we had... Uh, AT&T Singular back then. We had Rosa Alonso, who's terrific, just a wonderful wonderful person and tremendous amount of experience in this arena. And we had a presentation from Time Warner Cable. We had another one from Office Depot. Uh, so that was the first year in, in terms of the, uh, the case studies. And we had breakout sessions for media, breakout sessions for direct marketing and segmentation. We had another one for retail. And so 
It is a similar design, um, however, the content is is different in that it it covers a uh, subjects that are new and fresh, and and so for example, last year we had uh, a similar type of format. However, we had different presentations. We had uh, Alex Lopez Negrete who presented on the Hispanic market. He was then the president of the Association of Hispanic Ad Agencies. We had um, Bill Amada who was president of the Asian agencies, who was terrific. We also had a gentleman named Aaron Patton, who spoke about the urban and African-American market. We had a division of Citigroup called Citibank Banamex that gave a study on banking and finance. We had a company called Sigma Foods that is huge in Mexico, and they're up and coming in the United States. They sell food products. We had a telecom company that's uh, named Telscape, and it's a very interesting and exciting story, and they're also Hispanic-owned. And we had Delta Dental, which is a company that I'm sure you know, in the uh, health insurance space. And then we had several workshops. We had uh, people in Espanol. We had Hispan America. We had Teletech presenting in the uh, direct marketing and CRM. We had uh, Blockbuster Video. We had Ornelas and Associates speaking on retail. We had AZN Television, Ocean Drive, Arbitron, and Nielsen in the media symposium. So it was it was great and a lot of fun. And this year will be great and a lot of fun, but different. And and we do have many people who were returning for their third year, some for the second year, and many who are coming for the first time. I, mean, I noticed that you mentioned earlier about partnering with different media organizations to help you spread the word. What else do you do since our listeners are marketing and public relations oriented? How do you spread the word? What tools do you take advantage of to market your event? Well, there are a few. There are not too many. We don't we don't go crazy with lots of publicity, but we try to make it very focused. So, for example, we do employ email uh, is a very important part of the campaign. We do the e-blasts, as many people call them. So we have a permission-based email database. Many of them are connected somehow or acquainted with Geoscape. And uh, so we do that periodically. We also send out a brochure that uh, goes out in the summertime before the event. And we have a postcard that precedes that. So the postcard goes out in the spring uh, to quite a number of people. And we, we rent lists from different companies and magazines and so forth. And uh, and then we have uh, media partners who advertise the event in their newsletters and magazines. So it's a combination of those items. And we also have certainly a web presence that uh, that we make available so that people can refer to it when they're looking up our website. What would you say has been the most challenging aspect of organizing the conference now that you're entering your third year? The most challenging part of the event is really, uh, towards the end, getting all the content in place. And this is because our speakers are very busy people. They're senior-level people in organizations. They have very limited time to do this kind of thing, and they're volunteering. So getting them to make it a priority to get the material to us in a timely fashion so that we can actually print it before the event 
make sure that it's all together, make sure it doesn't overlap, make sure it's coherent. Not that they don't do things that are coherent, it's just that sometimes there's a lot of information and we just need to make sure that it's in, uh, the right amount for the time available to deliver it. So the content, it's really everything. Uh, it's not that by itself, but it's the uh, it's everything else in addition. Uh, there's a ton of logistics that, that need to be handled, and ultimately we want it to look like a very smooth and enjoyable experience. But the content is certainly the focal point, and getting everybody to everybody who wants to attend to sign up is also something that's very key. Uh, and making the economics work, make, making sure that we are investing the right amount uh, in the conference so that it becomes something that we can continue to do in the future. So I said one of the things that I think many attendees to conferences and, and events such as this one are looking for, in addition to the latest trends and case studies, which are always very interesting, is networking. Absolutely. The networking is a very valuable part of the experience, I would say. For those who are still sort of undecided, who are still wondering whether they might attend, and who have an emphasis in their marketing programs toward Hispanic markets, what percentage of the audience would you say participates in the networking events, and what percentage of them is focused on Hispanic marketing or Hispanic markets? Um, I would say virtually 100% participate in the networking aspects of the conference. If it's only sitting at lunch or dinner with someone and exchanging ideas and stories and feedback, uh, as well as anything in between, uh, the, the, the events that happen, the entertainment, the golf, uh, all of that. So just about everybody participates that in that in one form or another. And um, and that's very valuable. Think about it. If someone, if you're charged with the responsibility to build a business growing within the Hispanic market, uh, what could be better than four days surrounded by people who have done it? And many of them done it in a very expert fashion. Uh, if, you, if, if I were in that position, I would certainly want to come and learn as much as possible so that I do things in the way that has proven to be effective and avoiding some of the pitfalls that can be avoided. So it's, it's a relatively small investment in time and money to have that access to that type of expertise. So it's the, uh, it's the proverbial no-brainer as far as I'm concerned, for anybody in that position. I would say that at least half, if not two-thirds, of the attendees have a, if not exclusive, then certainly a very strong Hispanic focus. And the one thing that we haven't discussed is what is the cost of admission? The cost of admission is $1,850, and that covers all four days. Uh, those who want to participate in the golf tournament uh, will spend another $100, but they will all also have a great time golfing and a reception included after that, and hopefully some of them will win the prizes there if they're good golfers or having a good day at golf. And uh, and the room, the lodging at the Mandarin Oriental is $250 a night, which is a negotiated rate. Normally it's 
a lot more than that. Thank you, Cesar, for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Elena. I look forward to seeing you at the conference. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Cesar Melgoza, who is president and founder of Geoscape International, Inc., and discuss the third annual Multicultural Market Intelligence Summit, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your comments, suggestions, questions, or ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.HispanicMPR.com. That's www.HispanicMPR.com.